Okay, welcome everybody. It's time to talk real estate. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California as we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving today's market to find the best solutions going forward with our man in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry, how are you? Hey, Paul, good morning, and uh, thanks for having us back again. We are here to talk real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and managing partner of Barry Saywitz Properties. And as many of our listeners know, uh, I have been doing this for quite some time, for more than 30 years, and have been on both sides of transactions as a broker, as a, a landlord, as a buyer, as a seller. And uh, so we've looked at both sides of the deal uh, on many occasions for all different aspects of the market. And we're going to do that again uh, today. And I'm excited uh, to have our guest, Jonathan Lansner, uh, Lansner uh, from the Orange County Register. He is the head uh, business columnist and commercial real estate uh, writer for Orange County and has been doing it longer than me and has seen many cycles in the market, ups and downs. And I'm excited to have him here and talk about uh, his views on the real estate market and where we're going. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming and, and let's get to it. Let's let's talk real estate. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah. So um, we were chatting earlier, but uh, you have been doing this a long time and you have seen the market going back into the 1980s and, and seen the boom and then seen the crashes in the 90s and, and back and forth. And, and here we are again today in a very challenging time. Uh, and at the same time, it's a, a time of opportunity and a, a time of trying to take advantage of the cards that you've been dealt with COVID and, and with other factors in the economy. Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, in knowing and seeing the history of Orange County and the growth uh, and all of the ups and downs. How do you look at the market today relative to some of the ups and downs in the past and how is it different in your opinion? Well, you know, obviously the first thing you always have to do these days is talk about COVID. And I don't mean to drag on the whole thing, but if you knew uh, when COVID would become a minor annoyance, not a major headache, uh, that certainly would make any sort of discussion, forecast, whatever, uh, far easier. And since we don't know that, that's got to be the sort of asterisk anything that anyone reasonable would say about, uh, quote, the future. But, you know, clearly um, Orange County has a track record, uh, you know, that is up there, uh, you know, in the stratosphere of places for, for growth and quality growth. And uh, that leads to some problems, like it's ridiculously expensive to live here and rent here and work here and own property here. Uh, but I think that a lot of it goes uh, with the territory, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, it's sort of funny when you think about uh, perhaps the biggest change uh, in the 35 years I've been here is that, uh, you know, the huge influx and change of the culture and, uh, cl you know, sort of uh, lifestyle uh, of Orange County, um, you know, comes to the fact that uh, there are a lot of people, uh, still a handful of people in the United States, but around the world who not only appreciate Orange County, who would say, hey, you know, it's pretty affordable in an odd way, you know. You don't want to. Re you'd rather rent office space here, which is expensive, than New York or Tokyo or London. Yeah, um, and, and the fact of the matter is, it's a nice place to live. The weather's nice, and CEOs and owners of businesses will either want to locate here themselves or locate their businesses for that reason. And so, you know, you're from the East Coast. I'm from the Midwest. And uh, I have done business around the country, and there are certain markets around the country that are very tied to a specific industry uh, or to manufacturing or certain aspects of the economy. And, and what I always found interesting about Orange County was the diversity 
of the the businesses that are here and, and and whether you have tech business or healthcare or real estate or hospitality you really have a lot of different businesses a lot of different cultures and that's what fuels i think a lot of the growth here well also too i you know i grew up in new york i spent 11 years between college and my first job in the great state of pennsylvania um and uh, at both ends both philadelphia and pittsburgh and uh, when I came here, and I did not know much, you know, I was just a young kid and said, hey, I'll move here in 1986, you know, stay a couple of years, 35 later, years later, same employer, so to speak. And, uh, you know, um, was the first thing I realized is that uh, people are far more uh, comfortable with change here. And I know that probably doesn't sit well with a lot of people, particularly the old timers, you know, who you know, always want to tell me, well, I moved here in, you know, 78 and it, it's not what it used to be. Well, first of all, nothing's what it used to be. <laughs> One, uh, two, you know, let's look at South County, for example. I, I moved to South County in 1993 when the knock on South County was there was nothing to do there. And it was just a bunch of, you know, resident, you know, these sort of boxy, uh, at the time, affordable housing laugh. Um, and now everyone complains it's too crowded. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to quote Yogi Berra, but, uh, you know, no one goes there anymore. It's too, too crowded is, is part of the problem with Orange County. Um, it, it's, it's very desirable. Um, it's got a lot of the things that uh, most people want, you know, uh, including uh, fabulous uh, beaches and, uh, you know, these odd hills called the Saddleback here, which would be the highest point in like 30 states, but yeah. we just ignore them uh, unless you like hiking or I like I live in the foothills there. But um, it's hard to, to beat it. And, uh, but we find seem to spend way too much time complaining about some of the small challenges. And if you talk about South County for a second, too, with the growth uh, and the limited amount of commercial real estate uh, in South Orange County, we have lots of clients of ours that want to locate in South County to be closer to home and, and cut down on their commute. And unfortunately, there's just a limited amount of product. Uh, and so it, it creates a challenge, and then uh, it drives the prices up. It used to be, hey, why would I be down in South Orange County? It's out of the way. Uh, and now it's, it's really, it commands a premium. You know, uh, be careful what you wish for, I guess, is, is part of it. Uh, and also, too, I think it's, you know, I mean, I think it's a bit of the nature of, you know, human nature, too. But it's a, it was always better, or the grass is always greener. There are a lot of places that, uh, in California, for example, that probably aren't what they used to be. But uh, Orange County is certainly different, but uh, Orange County has avoided many of the, uh, um, let's say, hiccups that other places in the state have had. And, uh, you know, when I now hear people think of all these people who are moving to the Inland Empire. Well, 80, in 86, when I got here, in 89, when you got here, right, people were saying, oh, everyone's, you know, fleeing L.A. to come to Orange County. Now they're fleeing Orange County to go to the Inland Empire. I would, thank God we got the Inland Empire. Yeah. You know, it is our, you know, release valve. Um, it's still a great place, you know. I mean, yeah, you can move to the Inland Empire, you can move to Texas, Idaho, whatever, but the Inland Empire, it's an hour and a half to the beach, you know, not 20 minutes. And as the real estate prices and values near the coast continue to rise, so does the stuff in the Inland Empire. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, uh, more or less, uh, you know, more or less you're talking about 900000 for a median price of a home uh, in Orange County. Uh, in in uh, San Bernardino, it's about four, half that. But that two to one has been pretty constant throughout the years. And, um, you know, it's like the, well, what's actually interesting is, you know, the Orange County price is less than triple. You know, it had been triple the national price forever. And people go, well, uh, you know, I'll move to wherever. And look, Orange County or California isn't for everybody. 
but uh, you know, there's a reason that not everyone drives a Kia, and some people drive a Toyota, Honda, and some people drive, you know, a Bentley. Yeah, you know, they all get you. They, they look. Uh, this argument that gets you where you're going at the end of well, the day. But the argument of state versus state, whatever, is you know, one, we have 50 states because you have choices. Two, no place is perfect and not for everybody, and uh, we should sort of get over it, but we don't because it's too much fun to argue about that this state is better than that state. And, uh, you know, I, I, what saddens me in an odd way is when, whether it's businesses or people or whatever, leave this state, they many of them seem to want to, you know, burn the bridge behind them. Well, people are still moving here, and it's still growing. And I, I want to ask you about certain segments of yeah. the market because I want to pick your brain and see what you think. Yeah. So, you know, with the the coronavirus, it, it, people ask me, well, what's the market doing or how's the market doing? And and I really say you have to break it down, yeah. right? It is really different strokes for different folks and different applications for different segments of the market. Let, let's start with the office market because, to me, that has been one of the most challenging because people were working out of their house – I read an article this morning where they're, they're talking about it's the highest amount of uh, employee fatigue at this point, where people who are working out of their house either love it and have no desire to go back to the office, or the people that have been working in their house are just sick of it and ready to kill their spouse and, and just uh, ready to go back and stop working in their underwear and, and in their shorts and, and get back to it. And, and so I'm, I'm curious with the, the stories that you've covered and the people that you've spoken to, um, what you're seeing and is there a trend uh, that you can see going forward over the course, certainly not tomorrow with the Delta variant, but uh, if we push six months out, do we see it getting better or staying the same? Well, I think there's two grand questions, you know, in there. Uh, one, let's get past the COVID health question is work from, you know, work from home. Um, my caveat is since uh, the late 80s, I have worked from home as a full-time employee. At the, back then it was a rarity. Now, obviously it's commonplace. And I've had too many conversations when I've been at home with CEOs who say, oh, I understand you work at home. And I go, yes. And they go, gee, I wish I could do that. And I go, you're the CEO. Why can't you? And they come up with excuses, um, some of which are funny, some of those I understand. Um, I, you know, you have to tell me how widely accepted at the end of the day work from home becomes because I don't believe that it will become as widespread uh, as people think, because two things. Uh, one, uh, bosses are control freaks. Uh, I don't say that in a bad way, but that's what bosses do. Yeah, I'm right there uh, with you. Uh, um, uh, you know, I, and I understand. There are different bosses. There there, have always been different companies. There have been companies that have been very flexible forever, and there are other ones that it's my way or the highway. You know, so one, that's a big question, which you can't even answer, you know, because we have to see into the minds of first the CEOs. Yeah, and I, t I tell my employees I like to see your smiling face in the morning, so come on in. And, right, right. And, the, the second question then is, is how do employees react? Uh, you know, particularly the last 20 years, so pre-COVID, 20 years, it, it, boy, employers really gained the upper hand. They had sort of beaten the uh, unions uh, and certainly had sort of because we'd had a couple of sharp downturns in employment had seemingly scared people into believing that uh, – you know, they could They didn't have any workplace flexibility. We have seen, you know, stunningly in 18 months that almost be upended. And people feel real empowered about their jobs uh, and their workplaces. And we, we seem to think that they are choosier. In fact, the biggest thing we've seen is a lot of people said, hey, you know, you quote that old song, take this job and shove it, right? But yeah. why, people come with all these excuses about why people aren't coming back to work you know the number one is is it's called work for a reason right. right and some people said you know what life is short why do i have to go to it every day every week whatever 
you know, at, at terms that aren't acceptable to me. So, um, you know, I think that's a challenge. So, one, you have the challenge of where are people going to work and we're now talking about office. Two, we're going to ask how many people are actually going to go to the office when the boss says go to the office. I think many of them are going to be sadly disappointed that when they say it's Thursday, the whatever. I mean, let's say right now we've seen it in vaccines, right? Bosses said everyone's got to be vaccine or we're going to fire you. Guess what? They're firing people. So I think people are going to learn to come to the office. Where's Bob? Where's Jane? Where's Jose? Uh, And and then the question really becomes, as the employer side, if you look at the other side of it, do you need less office space because you have less people coming to the office? And the initial knee-jerk reaction, at least from our clients, when COVID set on early was, okay, I need half the space. How do I give it back? Nobody's here. You know, now that's been retraded and now people are rethinking it. Part of it would be, hey, I need to separate people so they need to sit further apart. Right. Uh, to me, that's really gone by the wayside. And, and now the real issue is I just I, I need to look at having good functional space. And then CEOs that we meet with are looking to have amenities and an environment for their employees to entice them to come into the office. So buildings, again, especially on the office, and you've seen companies like the Irvine Company and Big Landlords create amenities for their uh, tenants and for their tenants' employees to, to give them the ability to sit outside uh, or, or to hold a meeting outside or to have a putting green or a bocce ball place or barbecue or something to help entice them to get back to work. Uh, yeah, it is sort of funny how that, uh, the, one of the marketplaces that we've ignored, uh, you know, whether you're a journalist, whether you're in commercial real estate, a CEO, was, we, we just assumed labor was a given. We have had a and that hasn't been, I mean, that was the oddity. The oddity was the last 20 years that labor had become a given, that people would stay at a job with next to no pay raises because. But we know the previous, you know, let's go back, you know, at least the, the 20th century, you know, with the great labor movements, whatever. Uh, that clearly wasn't the case. And I think the, the previous 20 years were the anomaly, not today. I mean, that empowered workers who will change jobs for uh, better pay and better conditions uh, is nothing new. Yeah, and, uh, and it continues in this environment. And the, the thing that I've noticed about uh, COVID is you've seen people look at different career paths that they weren't really open to looking at before, but now it's a new slate. And I can try something different, and I can do it from home, or I can do it part-time. I don't have to be locked into what I've done yeah. all the time. And in the long run, that's good. And as we know, these ups and downs, you know, when you're in that sort of panic mode, you know, uh, it's always winsful when you go back and think of things that were forecast or said that this was the end of whatever. Uh, it'll be an evolution. You know, you asked me what about office space. And I'd follow that up with, so certainly before COVID, you were at, in my opinion, peak of office rental rates. And at the time, peak of prices for buildings trading hands. Then you take this retrade or this site dip in the market due to COVID. But now, with interest rates so low, you have people that want to buy buildings. You have people that are still willing to pay a premium for sales. Uh, Rental rates have dipped a little bit. And then the question will be, will that come back as people fully come back to work? And I'm curious your thoughts. Love him or hate him, Mr. Bren, you could say, you know, considering he's the wealthiest man in town, is the smartest man in town. And I think a lot of people would say he at least hasn't made too many mistakes. Both sides of Irvine, he's building more office space. Yeah, and yeah. most people would say that's crazy. Well, it's hard to bet against him. And so I think uh, for the right, the right properties, which is always the case, right? The right properties, the right price, you know, the right amenities usually do okay. And I, and I don't think they're building for tomorrow. They're building for the future. 
And, and what I have found is that office space is a direct correlation and demand for office space, the direct correlation to job growth. And so if there is expected job growth, you're going to have to put those people somewhere. Even if some of them are working at home, you're going to need more space. And you have job growth and you have an economy that's still moving forward, albeit certain aspects of it struggling. And so I think the office market is healthy. I think you'll see rents continue to increase as the vacancy slowly comes back down. And it's not going to change overnight. But I think if you fast forward 12 months from now, you're going to see it much tighter than where it is today. I don't know if you agree. Well, again, the you know one the, and the caveat the, is COVID, health, right? COVID, and then work from you know what's going to happen is let's say COVID hopefully uh, becomes you know just an annoyance, not a you know major headache, um, and then some of the bosses are going to pound the table and say come back to work, and then the grand question will be, and not just in Orange County across the nation, is how many people show up on work you know no more work from home day, yeah. because obviously other companies are going to say hey we'll, we'll go work from home and be competitive advantage. That will play out. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, whether you know, is that if you talk about office, one of the things that people can sell if they want people in the office is, hey, move to Orange County. It's Orange County, yeah. and so I would rather have an office building in Orange County than fill in the blank and not just California. You know, yeah. I think. Uh, I agree. Let's switch gears to industrial for a second, because yeah. in my opinion, completely different ballgame. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a recent article yesterday said Orange County industrial vacancy, all-time low, 2%, right? Uh, Los Angeles County industrial, 1%, lowest vacancy in the whole country. Really difficult for us on the brokerage side, I know from a daily basis, trying to find space for clients of ours. In many instances, multiple bidders, whether it's sale or lease, prices jumping, next deal more expensive than the last, continuing that trend. I don't know your thoughts on that. Uh, well, industrial, particularly warehouses, you know, until things change and they're never, you know, nothing's ever etched in stone and we all want our goods delivered literally yesterday before we thought about buying them. Let's go back the 80s, 90s. The whole thing was is that you were going to have sort of these remote sort of almost cities of warehouses. Stuff would be come in and then sort of ported out of that to a home and that was probably thinking about a three to five day delivery window. Now the delivery window is, you know, for packages one day or two, yeah. and for other things five minutes, um, you need a whole different warehousing situation. And, you know, look at what Amazon does. They bought the old Sperry uh, computer plant, uh, you know, 1980, you know, uh, they, they made computers in Orange County on Geronimo, you know, at the old Sperry. It's now an Amazon, uh, you know, warehouse. Um, the old register plant where they used to, make sure. newspapers uh, amazon bought it and they're converting it into a warehouse um you know and it's not just them but uh you know it's it, warehousing is here to stay and how we do it you know but there's a lot of pushback now and the warehouse people are gonna have to be a little bit smarter about just not pushing into neighborhoods is pushback against both the, the needs for traffic and the ugliness of them and um they shouldn't ignore that I think. Well, and I, I look when you read uh, about somebody buying uh, an old office building, knocking it down and building industrial, and that that's the highest and best use, then you know it's telling you something, right? And, and so the, there is certainly a lack of supply of industrial space in Orange County, which is why people have to go to the Inland Empire. And then you have uh, costs for trucking and, and delays. Four or five years ago, let's not go back to '96, when the whole thing was, well, the, no one needs these warehouses anymore. Well, 
empty them out. They can move all that stuff to the Inland Empire. We can tear them down, build housing. Not today. Yeah, or they were knocking down, or they were converting warehouses in Orange County into what I'll call creative office space, right? And so you had the high ceiling, and then you had the tech companies, and they were charging a premium on the rent. That's a little bit out the window as well. And so, you know, for me, what we tell people on the industrial side is it is going to continue to go up. If if you're a, a CEO and you signed a lease three years ago and you did a long-term lease, you're laughing all the way to the bank because you have a competitive advantage over uh, others in the market today, and you'd been able to lock in and you'd be 20, 30, 40% below market. Those companies that have leases coming up that have uh, an expiring lease they signed five years ago are really in for a big shock, and, and it's, uh, it's right to the bottom line for those kinds of companies. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what makes it a horse race, right? Because you know there are times people locked in rates at the top and sat there and said, can't wait for my lease to expire so I can go find myself a cheaper deal too. So. Yeah. Real quick, I want to touch on the retail. We only have a couple of minutes yeah. left, but I mean, your thoughts on retail, uh, both restaurants and just going into a store and buying stuff, is it dead or, or um, is it going to survive? One, let's minus, you know, the COVID question, which is always there, but, um, you know, people are going to shop. I mean, we've seen them wanting to get out badly. But where they shop and how they shop are two other, you know, two big questions. Um, I think uh, the destination places will do very well. You know, so we have a couple of them: Fashion Island, Irvine Spectrum, South Coast Plaza, right. even the Brea Mall for our northern county folks. You know, they'll do okay. Uh, the second tier ones are going to have some challenges because their usual formula is having a, you know, a giant name at the end, and that would bring you in. Then you'd walk down the halls. Well, those giant names aren't are going away so you're not going to go to those places um i think uh then it comes down to your community centers right your strip malls right is either two things one you have a decent big box right whether it's a, a best buy trader joe's good supermarket uh you know even uh, drugstores have become enough to, to bring people in and then you're not going to have people selling stuff in the rest of the strip mall it's all services let's, yeah. let's look at it that way right uh you know and one takeout place right sure um I think, though, again, case by case and probably in some inverse relationship to wealth, I mean, I think those things will do better. The, the poorer the neighborhood, in some ways, maybe the better because of the, the fact that people often don't either can or want to commute that far to the big mall or whatever. And then this weird thing that's come up the last 10, 15 years, uh, you know, these single assets, you know, basically buying the uh, fast food joint in the parking lot, uh, or at least the property for it. What a fascinating investment, and it'll be interesting to see how they do long-term, because in the short run, you know, particularly if you have a drive-through window, which equals gold, um, yeah. both the tenant is winning, and that means the landlord's winning, too. And that's probably a topic for a whole other conversation, because I could talk about that one all day. Mm -hmm. But we are running out of time. It's been great having you on the show. I appreciate the mm -hmm. insights. If you could leave our listeners with one thing in terms of going forward uh, in a general sense that they should look for or be concerned about or that'll impact what happens in the future, what would it be for you? Well, October 2021 is the 40th anniversary of 18.5% 30-year mortgages in the U.S., that means we've had 40 years of one thing being guaranteed, that rates will get cheaper. I want to guarantee you one thing today, that I don't think we're going to have that over the next 10, if not 40 years of cheaper money. And I think that's going to, particularly in commercial real estate, where people are highly focused on that cap rate and the cost of financing, uh, that, that's going to be a big change. It's going to be fascinating to see how either people adapt or how it plays out uh, you know, and, and what people will want to own and what, what, what people will want to sell and what people want to build.
I agree. And and if our viewers or our listeners want to reach you, how do they find you? Other than well, opening you know, up the newspaper or going online, I know uh, they can do that's that the easiest. You know, uh, these days, uh, God bless Google, but Google my name or uh, Jay Lansner at OCRegister.com, uh, email, and people probably don't think you really reply to people. And sure, and whether your comments are good, bad, or indifferent, uh, I'm an equal opportunity uh, responder. Good. Well, I appreciate you having uh, you coming on the show and, and sharing your, your views and your opinions, and uh, we'll have you back another time, and we'll look at it in another place and see how things move going forward. Uh, but as always, your insight is appreciated. And um, for our listeners, uh, we are here every week. We will be back. We will be talking about all kinds of exciting topics and, and segments of the marketplace going forward, so please stay with us. Uh, and in terms of... Um, the market as a whole, I think that it is. it continues to be a challenge. Uh, you have to deal with the cards that you've been dealt, and you got to wake up every day and try and take a couple of steps forward. And so for everyone here, I'd like to thank uh, Paul Roberts. I'd like to thank Sophia, our producer, uh, and all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you back here next week, and we'll talk some more real estate. This is Barry Saywitz uh, signing off. Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.